Good evening, everybody, and welcome to our annual candlelight service. I hope you're all being warmed by the fire behind me, and we all can imagine the warmth that's just glowing off of that. And uh, we just want to say thank you so very much for coming. Um, if you haven't gotten your candle, you want to be sure to get one. Uh, Ola's back there, and Les are handing them out, I think. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We should let all the kids have one, I suppose, don't you think? And <laughs> we'll leave that to the professionals in the back. Uh, we just want to welcome everybody and, again, wish everybody a Merry Christmas. It's a delight to think of that the entrance of the Savior into this world was the entrance of light into a very dark place. So we're thankful for that. We're going to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer here. And I was just wondering, uh, just quickly, if there was any a praise or two, perhaps, that we could uh, just open up with quickly. Anybody with a particular thing they're thankful for as you reflect on the, the whole year, Christmas? and It's been quite a year, hasn't it? Um, 2020, I think, will go down in the history of each of our lives as being a, a rather challenging one. And, uh, and yet there's also been lots of opportunities as well, I think. I know we've had opportunities to get to know neighbors more than perhaps we've ever had the opportunity to in the past, so we're very thankful for that. Uh, I know that uh, um, certainly family has meant a lot more in this year uh, than perhaps... Uh, ever has, and I think my son finally posted on Facebook, so I think I can say this, COVID gave me two grandchildren on the way. <laughs> so yes, so whatever happens at COVID, at least uh, grandbabies are coming, so I'm thankful for that. So certainly a lot to be thankful for, and uh, very delighted that anybody else has something they just want to thank the Lord for? Got Tyler back there with the... Uh, the, uh, uh, the microphone, anybody? Yes, Kathy, can you run up there quick? Uh, whoops. Um, I just have a phrase. Is it on Kathy? And, uh, I think Quan. Oh, your brother in law. He's probably here. <laughs> Any luck there? Is it is the button on? I can't hear it. There probably is Quan, Kathy. Quan, would you, you want to walk up to the pulpit here, Kathy? All right. Sorry about that. Slightly more intimidating. Um, <laughs> no, I just wanted to share. I, there, I moved into my home three years ago, and there are some neighbors I've been really wanting to get close to. Um, and they had been a bit standoffish about any time we got near spiritual things. Well, a few weeks ago, I went over to spend the evening, and she turned to me and said, um, okay, you're a Christian. How do you get through all this stuff that's going on? And that was just a wide-open door to get to start to share with them, and that was a big praise. Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. Good news about the good news. Very good. Anybody else want to share here? Yes, back... Uh, Karen Sanchez, did we get it going, the, the microphone? Here it comes, Karen. 
I know you've had a crazy year. Karen is a nurse. <laughs> yeah, it's been just a real blessing. I mean, we actually at the hospital I am of the Cleveland Clinic Lutheran is that we do have a guy who's a believer and every week leads us in prayer on Tuesday morning before we start. And it's been just a real open door of more and more people coming to our prayer meetings um, on Tuesday morning. So if you think about it, it's 745 on Tuesday before we start our day is a blessing. But this year, there's a young woman at my job and who um, asked me like late summer, I never knew her. And she told me about her, her boyfriend who had been uh, injured and he has a cervical injury where he literally is for all practical purposes, a quadriplegic. He's almost died a few times. He's actually in a nursing home. And they've been trying to get him into um, Metro since last year, but he's had some wounds, that kind of stuff. But through all this, she asked me over the summer, what do I know about the rosary and could I help her pray it? And I'm like, mm, I don't know anything about the rosary, but I can sure tell you about Jesus. And um, over about a six to eight weeks, we took the bridge uh, of I mean, the bridge to eternity that we all have here, and we went through it every week. We'd pray after and go through it um, weekly, um, about six to eight weeks, just because she doesn't know a lot about scripture. Um, but uh, late summer, early uh, fall, she did ask Jesus to become her savior. And it's just been a real, real blessing. Her name is Mari, like my daughter. It's the E. Uh, <laughs> the e um, easy as Spanish, and uh, um, prayerfully, um, hopefully she'll be coming here. She has tried to keep her things. This young girl literally, for the last year, has stayed outside her boyfriend's room in the rain and the sun, uh, communicating with him and on an iPad just because she can't be in a nursing home. So I think the Lord has great things for her because even before she said, she says, I know that God has a plan for me and him, even if he doesn't get back, you know, anything. So that's been a real blessing. And just my opportunity just to witness to other patients because they are really open to the truth. So. Amen. Karen, thank you so much for sharing that. What a blessing. Let's pray for Mari. How about one more? One more before we go to prayer? Maybe some more good news about the good news or just something particularly to be thankful for this year? Yeah, Paul? Yeah, short version. I work with a guy I've been able to witness to a bunch of times, the, the election and the COVID, and I've been telling him that as believers, you know, I'd like things to go a certain way, but if it doesn't, it's okay, because I've got eternity to look forward to, thousand years on the earth, and then the eternal state, and it's those that are believers have that to look forward to. The light at the end of the tunnel is always there, whatever happens here on earth. And he says to me, he says, what is it exactly you have to believe? You know, like, what, what exactly? You know, exactly. so I was able to go through the gospel, all the, all the big points, and Praise I won't tell you what he did with that because <laughs> there's children present, but, okay. but it was great. Amen. Praise the Lord, Paul. What a joy and what a delight. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, open in a word of prayer here, and then Pastor Mike will come, and we'll get going with the rest of our service. Father in heaven, we delight in the good news about the good news. Lord, we uh, confess that this has been a difficult year, but we thank you for the focus you've given us to be men and women uh, who are about the business of making disciples of Jesus. And we thank you that we've had the joy of encouraging one another in that vein, and we thank you for the testimonies of uh, these three, uh, Kathy's neighbor, 
Karen's friend who made a profession of faith, Mari, we pray for her continued growth, and, uh, and Lord, for Paul's workmate, we pray that uh, the Spirit of God would continue to work there. And Lord, we were delighted together as a family to say thank you to our, our teachers here in the city of Menor. Pray that that would bear fruit, Lord, we would ask, unto eternal ends and purposes. This pastor always reminds us about our eternal why. And so, Lord, I pray that as we gather here tonight, we remember that Jesus is the light of the world. His entrance came uh, into a very dark place, uh, but his entrance was light, brilliant light. And as we celebrate that tonight, we pray that our hearts would uh, think of, again, opportunities and folks, names, Lord, of people who need Jesus, particularly in this day and age in which we live. And we thank you for that. Dear Jesus, we pray you'd be pleased with the worship that we offer you tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Pastor Mike. Good evening. It is great to be with you all. As I was listening to the testimonies of just opportunities to share the gospel, 2020 has certainly pronounced to me the value of being with my spiritual family. And just how good it is to uh, be with my brothers and sisters in Christ and enjoy that opportunity to worship together and to sing together. So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, so a little bit different of, uh, I guess, setup. And I just kind of want to explain to you what you can expect. So we are going to be singing two different Christmas songs here. The first one is Go Tell It on the Mountain. The one after that is What Child Is This? Then, after that, we are going to have a violin solo by Miss Emiliana. And what song are you playing, Emiliana? Silent Night. Silent Night. We're going to hear a Silent Night on the violin. And then, after that, we are going to hear a duet by Ella and Laurel. And what song are you playing, Ella and Laurel? In the Bleak Midwinter. In the Bleak Midwinter. Excellent. So we're going to hear those two songs. And then, after those two songs, we're going to have two scripture reading passages where Dave Hickson and Jamie Knutson will uh, read the passages from the New Testament regarding our Savior's birth, the story of the shepherds coming, and the story of Joseph hearing or seeing the vision from the angel, and then the wise men coming. So why don't we just take it bit by bit. Let's sing. We'll stand together and sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain, and then after that, What Child Is It? So let's stand together and sing.
I'll be reading tonight from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. <clears throat> now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all that inhabited the earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone on, was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their Mary, and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by them, by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. I'll be reading from verse 18 all the way through chapter 2, verse 12. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child 
and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what had been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact, the, the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, Report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Thank you. We're going to have one more song. The Richards family is going to come. And be singing, I believe. What song are you singing, Ben? Low. Low? Oh. Okay, great. Ben's really good at, at explaining what songs are going to be sung. He does that really, really well. So he'll do that. After they're done singing, we will sing one more song, Oh Holy Night. So Richards, you come on up. from the Messianic prophecy in Isaiah uh, chapter 11. Um, Isaiah 11, 1 says, Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. And in this carol, 
this, this shoot, this stem, this, this plant is, is represented as a rose in this, in this Christmas carol. Uh, and I'd like to just read the final, third and final verse uh, in case you might not be familiar with it. The third verse says, This flower, and again, this is talking of Christ, This flower whose fragrance tender with sweetness fills the air, dispels with glorious splendor the darkness everywhere. True man, yet very God, from sin and death he saves us and lightens every load. This is lo how a rose air blooming. Just a moment, we're going to sing O Holy Night. Uh, but, uh, once we do that, we're going to have Pastor Mark Mavar come and deliver the word. The last three years in our um, candlelight service, we have made it a point of having an international flavor, as it were. 
Uh, several years ago, we had Pastor James Greenwood deliver the word from Argentina as a missionary there. Last year, we had Pastor Ron Roos from Truro, Nova Scotia deliver the word. This year, we have Pastor Mark Mavar, who is from Eastlake, right? <laughs> I think originally. Willoughby, Willoughby. However, in the spirit of keeping the international flavor, Pastor Mark Mavar, for many of you who do not know him, ha he and his wife have been serving in Panama for the last 20 years, and they are now here. Uh, they are currently undergoing a ministry transition where uh, a man that they've been training to take that church will be taking it. And so uh, we praise God for that. We look forward to hearing from the word in English or Spanish, however you're, you're comfortable, probably English, I'm guessing. So. But we thank the Lord for that. So let's stand together and sing, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth.
Mr. Kent, are you still in here? There he is. I'm, I'm a little, el uh, okay, I'm a little envious of you the way you whip off your mask and your hearing aid doesn't fall out. Uh, I got those things behind my ears and they're always hung up on something. <laughs> Amen. Uh, for some reason, I've had a bunch of encouragement this morning and this evening to keep it short. And uh, my son actually threatened to cut me off because he's in the booth spinning the dials. And he says, if you go too long, I could just cut you off. I'm like, so, I don't know. I got seven pages, both sides, so we might be here a while. Are you blessed? The music, the, the worship, the time. We're here and we're preparing our hearts to, to celebrate the Savior's birth. Amen. And uh, it's just a really neat time. And listening to the stories, the, well, they're not stories, they're, they're historic narratives of, of Christ's birth and his, the, the prophecy surrounding it. And uh, you heard the two narratives of the Gospels, and I'm going to. Uh, key on Matthew's account. But first, last Sunday we had the opportunity to listen to uh, the presentation of uh, the explanation of, of part of the genealogy of Jesus as seen in the eyes of five women in that genealogy. And uh, that was another time of blessing. That was a really special uh, Portrayal of, of what was going on in those women's lives and, and how God used them to bring about the birth of the Savior. And one of the passages, this is the passage that Pastor Tim uh, explained, was found in Isaiah chapter 9. <clears throat> so if you have your Bibles, and I'm sure you do, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9. Starting at verse 6, the scripture says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. You know what that means? It's going to be done. It's going to be done. So from the time of Isaiah's prophecy to the time of Christ was probably around 700 years. 720, 740, something like that. Let's just say, realistically speaking, 700, more than 700 years ago. 
from the last prophecy in the book of Malachi to the time of Christ was 400 some years of silence where there was no prophecy, where there was no God intervening in the affairs of men, where there were no miracles registered in the scriptures. We call that a time of silence. Some people call it the dark ages. God did not communicate. As far as we know, it's not, it's not registered here. So let's, if it's not registered, let's keep it silent. That, that's important to know because for, for 400 years, God did not communicate with man until he broke his silence and he communicated with Zechariah about the birth of John the Baptist. I don't imagine when Zechariah went into the temple to burn incense that he was really expecting to hear from God. 400 years, silence broken, God speaks to man. Six months later, God speaks to a woman, Mary. Three months later, he speaks to Joseph. Six months after that, he speaks to the angel, uh, um, he speaks to the shepherds in the field. So let's, let, let's keep that 400 years of silence in mind as we try to uh, put ourselves in the time with the birth of Christ. What I hope to do tonight is, as you prepare your heart to celebrate the birth of the Savior, is to show from Mark's gospel God's plan, his purpose, and his promise with regard to the Savior. And to provide hope and joy to all who would soften their hearts to hear. I'm not going to assume that everyone in this auditorium auditorium really knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'm not going to assume that. I'm not going to assume that the people home uh, listening on live stream know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Certainly there are some. The message of Christmas is a message of hope. It's a message of joy. And I hope I can communicate that to your hearts tonight. So having said that, let's go to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at the purpose, the plan, the purpose, and the promise in the birth of Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, Jesus was found with child by the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, be not afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill that, that which, was, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke, 
from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this, and he's not finished. If we look at that prophecy in in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, we find that part of that prophecy is fulfilled. And as sure as part of the prophecy is fulfilled, the entire prophecy will be fulfilled. Like Pastor Kent said this morning, literally. The zeal of the Lord will, of hosts will accomplish this, and the Lord is not finished. Let's look at God's plan. That plan involved two individuals. That first individual was a young virgin who found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Wednesday night in, in prayer meeting, Pastor Hobbes did a great job uh, of giving us the background of Mary and, and the scenario surrounding her to understand what it was like from Mary's perspective. This young girl found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Says that she was betrothed to Joseph. Now, sometimes we tend to liken the betrothal period to an engagement, but in, the, but in this context, in a Jewish context, it was much more than that. The betrothal period was a was a serious time. It, it, they were considered married. Married. You, you see that uh, it actually calls Joseph the husband, her husband. Normally lasted around a year, and it was a a, a time where where they were just together, but they weren't consummating their marriage physically. Violation of that contract was punishable by stoning. That doesn't happen in engagements here in the United States. Stoning. It was a serious matter. They were considered Mary. Mary actually belonged to Joseph. Now it says, before they came together, was found to be with child. Before they came together, it means physically. Mary was with child. Now, the second individual, as you know, in that plan was, was Joseph. This was a righteous man who was a carpenter. Joseph, like it says in verse 19, her husband, being a righteous man. Isn't that interesting? Being, that verb, it, it, being, it's a participle, being a righteous man. He was, he was practicing and living a life that was pleasing unto the Lord. He was being, he was living a righteous life. He was a righteous man. Being a righteous man. He lived in a manner that was pleasing unto the Lord. He planned to spare her the shame and death. She was with child. He was a righteous man. I'm sure that Mary tried to explain to her, to him, excuse me, what happened. I mean, come on, who's going to believe that? I mean, really. 
Yet they were waiting for the Messiah. They, know, they knew it would be through a virgin. But that's hard to believe. So Joseph had two options. Have her stoned and the guy with her. Or he could send her away privately with a bill of divorcement. It's all in the law. Deuteronomy 22 for stoning. Deuteronomy 24.1 for that, that bill of divorcement to send her away. And that's what Joseph was contemplating. We could see the kind, gentle spirit that Joseph had. He wanted to spare this young woman who was his wife. And he, instead of being vengeful, because he was being a righteous man, instead of being vengeful, he just wanted to let her go privately. So we see that God's plan involved this young couple, this young godly couple. She found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and he was being a righteous man. And they were in a very difficult situation. Now God reveals his purpose. God would become flesh. God sends his messenger to Joseph, and this is, here we go, after 400 years of silence, God breaks his silence. He's already spoken to Zechariah about John the Baptist. He's already spoken to uh, Mary about the baby Jesus. Now he's going to speak to Joseph through the angel. Scripture says, and, and, and these are words of, of, of comfort to Joseph, and I'm, I'm going to explain why. Scripture says, but when he had considered this, sending her away privately, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Remember the lineage? Remember the genealogy? Jesus' legal right to the throne of David through Joseph? Joseph, son of David, be not afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now, I don't want to make too much of this, but Joseph being a righteous man, the scripture doesn't say, do not divorce her. It says, be not afraid to take her as your wife. I believe Joseph still loved her and wanted her as his wife. But he was being a righteous man, and this was just, it was too difficult a thing, and he was just going to let her go privately. But God says, be not afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. God reveals his purpose. God would save his people from their sins. This babe is the long-expected Messiah. Thousands and thousands of years waiting for the Messiah. This is him. You shall 
Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. <laughs> Amen? Amen? He came because we needed him to come. Because we're sinners. There's nothing that we can do to, to help ourselves. There's no way we can bail ourselves out. There's, there, there's no way that we could please God. So God brought forth his son because we're sinners. And he came to save us from our sins. That's Christmas. That, that's why we rejoice. It's the cute little baby thing, amen. But the baby grew up. You heard the message this morning. He bore our sins, our infirmities on the cross. In our place. To save us from our sins. And, and, and praise the Lord for Pastor Kent. When he pointed out and something I never contemplated before. I knew in theory, but I never really contemplated it like this. God never forsakes us, but he forsook his son. Try and get your hands around that. God will never forsake you. Ever. Amen? Ever. If you know Jesus Christ as your, as your Savior, God will never forsake you. Okay, I diverted a little bit, but I'll get back. I know Caleb's got his hand on the switch back there. <laughs> Hi, baby. That's my granddaughter, Colleen. I'm Popeye. In case you didn't figure that. Hi, baby. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Therein lies the problem. We're sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus came because we needed him to come. God reveals his promise in verses 22 and 25, and unto 25. It's a spoken promise by the Lord through his prophet over 700 years ago. Now all this took place to fulfill that, I'm sorry, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. It was a miraculous promise through a virgin birth. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. It was a promise that God would dwell among his people this is, this is another, another point that's just incredible. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. God with us. With us. Among us. And it was fulfilled. Jesus came and dwelt among them. John says, We beheld his glory, glory as the only begotten Father, the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. 
we beheld his glory. We saw him. He was among us. God in human flesh. And it was a promise that would not be thwarted by man. Verse 24 says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin. The prophecy was the child would come through a virgin. Joseph kept her a virgin until after Jesus was born. God's promise would not be thwarted by man. And he called his name, what did he call? Jesus. Why? Because he would save his people from his sin, their sins. Amen. Because he would save us from our sins. Now, across town, at the same time, there were shepherds in the fields. They were, they were guarding their sheep. They were, you know, it was at nighttime, and they were doing what shepherds do. They were caring for their sheep, and and then the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the scripture says, they were terrified. And God breaks his silence yet again. After that 400-year period, there was the Zechariah, then there was Mary, then there was Joseph. Now it's to the shepherds. Fear not. For I bring you tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? A Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Rejoice! Rejoice! This is Christmas. We rejoice because the Savior is born. Christ the Lord. Now remember... The prophet said that the zeal of the Lord of hosts would accomplish this, and then I said, and he's not finished because Jesus promised to return. I'm not, I'm not dealing directly with the rest of the prophecy of Isaiah 9. I'm dealing with what Jesus said. Now, he said that I go to my Father, and if I go, I will come back so that you can be where I am forever. And as sure as the Lord of hosts, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, accomplished the first part, my dear friend, my dear listener, he shall accomplish the second part. The question is, are you ready for the coming? Are you ready? He's coming for his church. He's coming for his church in the clouds. He's going to gather the church. We're going to be with him. We're going to be transformed. It's going to be the church and no one else. Are you ready? You know, in Panama they use a lot of public transportation, buses, taxis, something called a chiva, which is, it can be a, a pickup truck full of people or a, a smaller bus. Uh, but there's a lot of public traffic. There's, there's bus stops everywhere, uh, a big bus terminal, and, and, 
and little, little, little headquarters for taxis all over the place. And I rode public transportation. I know what it's like to ride the, the, the Red Devil, Diablo Rojo. It's a bus. It's, it's <laughs> I have to tell the story real quick, and then I'll get back to my point. I, it was after service, and we were sitting at a gas station, and I think my wife went in to get something, a beverage or something, and pulling up next to me was a yellow bus that said, Willoughby Eastlake School District. <laughs> Willoughby Eastlake School District. And I thought for sure, years ago, I saw a Cleveland Public Schools bus. So what, the, what happens is we get rid of our buses, they get on the ship, and they go out over there, and and they paint them up with all these psychedelic colors. And well, you could just imagine. Anyway, back to the public transportation. People are standing in the bus stop. And what are they doing? Please, tell me. Waiting for the bus. What are they going to do when the bus arrives? They're going to get on the bus. How silly to wait in the bus stop and then when the bus arrives, you don't get on it. How silly. Jesus, the, God the Father sent Jesus the Son to save us from our sins. The offer is there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. Get on the bus. Amen. The door's open. Jesus said, I am the door. It's open. Get on it. So what do we do? And I finish with this. Another passage from Isaiah. Jehovah God said, come now and let us reason together. says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crim crimson, they shall be like wool. Come. Let us reason together. Now that reasoning, my friends, you're, you're not going to work out a deal with God. That's not what this means. What God wants to hear from us is, forgive me, I am a sinner, and save me. And the scripture is clear. When we confess and forsake, we are forgiven. And God enters into us and saves us and grants unto us eternal life. Because you'll call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sin. The invitation is yours. If there's one here tonight that has never really repented of your sins and asked Christ to save you, now is the time. Someone listening and live stream at home, if you've never, maybe you've gone to church, maybe you've sung in the choir, it happens worldwide. People spend their whole lives in church never knowing who Jesus Christ really is. Now's the time. 
Humble yourself. Repent. Ask Christ to forgive you and save you. And he will. Amen. Come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. So I'm going to take this opportunity to extend an invitation, whether by live stream or here in the auditorium. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Everyone, no one looking around, and I'm going to ask the simple question. Are you ready to repent of your sin and place your faith wholly and truly in Jesus Christ? So would you do that for me? Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Everyone, please. This, this is a serious issue right now. This is a serious thing. Maybe you've been in this church briefly. Maybe you've been in this church your whole life, but you've never really repented of your sins and asked Christ to save you. If you would do that, would you be willing to raise your hand and ask God to do that for you right now? He says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Lord God in heaven, I want to thank you and praise you for your goodness. I thank you and praise you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, if there be one here or even at home that, have, that has never really repented of their sins and asked Christ to save them, that they would do that this day. Lord, let your word burn their hearts to bring them to their knees unto repentance and salvation. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with your Son, Jesus, because he has saved us from our sins. And thank you, Lord, for promising that he would return to take us up to be with him forever, that we might worship him and enjoy him because he is indeed God with us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mavar. You know, at the beginning of the service tonight, Kathy Laughlin... The lady who was playing the piano shared an account, shared a testimony of how she was able to talk with her neighbor. Her neighbor came and asked her a question about, hey, you're a Christian. How do you deal with what's going on? And as you listen to tonight, I wonder if a conversation maybe like that would be appropriate in the days to come. Someone that you know that brought you here or someone that you know that goes here has the answers or is able to talk to you about what Pastor Mavar shared. And as you think about what was shared tonight. That phrase, get on the bus. You know, Christ has come. Amen. And if those questions keep coming to your mind, talk to the person that brought you or that you know here. They can share with you what this is all about, who this is all about. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Maynard. Well, we are going to light some candles here in just a moment. Now, in the past, what we've done is we have lined up around 
the auditorium. And I think for safety's sake, both uh, for just COVID purposes, but then also just where we are currently situated with the candles, I think we're just going to stay put this evening. Um, if you need a candle, we have candles in the back that our ushers can get to you. So let's do this first. If you did not get a candle coming in, could you just raise your hand and we will get that to you? Okay, looks like everyone who should have a candle got one. That's great. Okay, so what we're going to do is in just a moment, we're going to have people come and families, you are situated with yourselves. Parents, you are situated with your children. Please be mindful and watchful of those little children and candles. Uh, as uh, different folks are going to come around, they have the little clickers. They're going to light the candle and then you can maybe dip your candle to the uh, next person near you. In just a moment, once we get all of the candles lit, we, why, don't you, why don't we go ahead and stand where we are and we'll have our candles lit and then we will sing several verses of Silent Night. So as that's going on, Kathy... If you would be able to play the piano. Kathy will go ahead and start playing the words to Silent Night. We're going to sing three verses of Silent Night. And let's sing.
Well, Pastor Kent, if you wouldn't mind coming and closing us in a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for the message of the evening, both in song, in the word, in prophecy, fulfillment, prophecy yet to be fulfilled. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world, the bright light that came into this world to save men from their sins. We rejoice in that. We pray that as we go from here tonight and we gather with family and friends that you would help us to be the light that you want us to be to this world. Pray you bring us back safely and together again to worship you. We love you, Lord Jesus, and are so very grateful. We thank you. It's in your son's precious name. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and blow your candles out. And on behalf of Grace Church of Mentor, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. On the way out, you can go ahead and deposit those candles back in those baskets there, or there will be someone there to take those candles. Merry Christmas. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week.